0: Welcome to the latest episode of Shuffle the Pack podcast. Uh, a small side note for our listeners out there: we are trying some new software. So if we sound great, that's brilliant. If we sound awful, I'm blaming that entirely on James. Speaking of which, as ever, my co-host extraordinaire, the Josh Allen, to my Jarrett Stidham.
1: James, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I'm getting used to to sort of coming on with a smiling face and um, talking about Packers win. Long may it continue. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Like we've had some week this week. Would you not agree? Like a good win for the Packers and. A little bit of a bonus
1: with Nat Coombs coming on for a few minutes earlier in the week. Yeah, absolutely. It was obviously really exciting for, for, for the pod to get our first guest. Obviously, nice to get a few more guests on, uh, hopefully, as the season progresses. But no, it was really exciting. Obviously, backed up with, it, with a Packers win. Can't, can't say more than that, really.
0: Yeah, no, it was brilliant. Um, I would like to take this opportunity to apologise publicly for absolutely fangirling, taking over the podcast, uh, like stealing all your questions. The, like, the ones, questions you wrote were perfect. Can't apologise enough. No, don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, just before we came on, came to record as well. Uh, obviously, every Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers does a little thing with the Pat McAfee show. Have you seen that quote yet? I haven't seen the quote yet. I saw something pop up on my Twitter, but I hadn't actually read it yet. So the the quote is: I sometimes laugh when people talk about down years for me because a lot of da- a lot of times, down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. Is that not just
1: like? Pure confidence from Aaron Rodgers this season, and it is shown in his play. I think so. I think he's, uh, yeah, his revenge tour continues in Long way that continue as he sort of puts the league on blast at this moment in time. Obviously, really starting to feel himself playing at an unbelievable level thus far. So, yeah, fair play. He, he's, he can talk the talk if he's walking the walk, which he definitely is at the moment.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, like last night he put up uh, 327 yards, four touchdowns. He was sacked once, I think, quite late in the game. But he still had uh, twenty-seven out of thirty-three catches. You know, I mean, it's, it's it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good showing against the Falcons last night.
1: Yeah, not bad when you have got almost as many incompletions as you got touchdown passes. You know, you're doing, you're onto something pretty good. <laughs> I think mean, he's. I got one hundred and forty-seven point five passer rating for for last night, uh, which takes his sort of average up for the season up above sort of one hundred and twenty, which was up there with the. 2011 season when he won MVP so it just goes to show the level that he's been performing at over the first quarter of the season really is the high watermark of his career we're talking about that level and this is a, a first ballot hall, hall of Famer so he really is something else at the moment Yeah no absolutely
0: Like it's, it's hard to, I mean surely two, two of the top three have to be Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson we'll talk about Ro- uh, Wilson a little bit later on probably uh, Matt Ryan didn't have a great night last night, no touchdowns, four sacks 285 yards. Was he trying too hard?
1: Is the offense just not good enough over in uh, Atlanta? I mean, the offence has been the sort of bright spark for, for, for Atlanta up until this point in the season. Obviously, they, they had those two blown mm-hmm. leads that have been much ballyhooed sort of up to this point. But the, the offence... Ballyhooed's a great word, by the way. Yeah, I, say... I love that word. I'm going to borrow that a bit more. <laughs> but, um, no, it's, it's, as I say, the, the offence had been their strength up to the, the, this point, And I think that the, the D, the showing from the Packers D, was actually probably the, one of the best takeaways I've I got from this game because coming into it obviously no Kenny Clark again um, I think that was obviously more precautionary I think he probably could have played if, if absolutely needs needs be but the fact that they without him uh, and they still managed to, to keep obviously the Falcons down to um, three points in the first half sort of first two drives three and out kept the run game in check whereas obviously in weeks gone past it had been pretty poor so no it was, it was very good to see I think that, that you can see that Zadarius Smith, although he would uh, had a couple of sacks prior to, to, to this week, he seemed much more like the player that we we came used to last season. Obviously, three sacks on the night, lived pretty much in, in the in the Falcons' backfield and really made a nuisance of himself. So that's really good to see. And and Jer Alexander had another cracking day as well, holding um, Calvin Ridley to, to no catches. And he had he came into the league uh, into the game, leading the league in, in receptions and deep receptions. So I think that just goes to show you. How, how good Alexander's playing at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got pretty much the same note written down. Like, well, in fact, all I got was Jared Alexander was everywhere because I thought that pretty much summed the whole thing up. Um, he was basically faultless last night. I mean, as you say, I, uh, Ridley was held to absolutely nothing. He might as well not have not been on the pitch, I thought. Um, Zedaria Smith getting three sacks across the game and Raven Green getting the fourth. I mean, it's, it's great. A much better showing from the D this, uh,
1: this week than it has been the previous three weeks, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it showed something else about this Packers team. Obviously, in the first three weeks, we saw this tremendous offensive performance where it was very much a case of we'll score as many points as needed to win a game. This game was, was slightly different. I mean, don't take anything away from Roger, he still played incredibly well. But with the offensive pieces missing, uh, it, it did. I think the D felt that they had to, to step up big time. And we saw that very early on in the game with those two Early three and outs, and, and, and holding them to only three points in the first half. If you give Aaron Rodgers, if you, if you can keep the opposition below twenty points nine times out of ten, or, or this season ten times out of ten, Rodgers will give you enough points to, to win the game. So it is encouraging for, from the D now. And, th- and this, as I say, was a Falcons team that were, were pretty hot on offense coming into this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I thought that the little bit I watched a little bit more in the game than you did. Um, but the, the deal looked a little bit suspect. But, I mean, only in a couple of places. In the first quarter, I think it was, we allowed a 95-yard drive that only went for a single field goal, but you mentioned the, office, the offense there as well and missing the key pieces. Given that we're still putting points on the board with Lazard and Adams out, we didn't really draft anyone particularly clever to take those positions on. Is that showing growth internally? Because in episode one, we spoke about the lack of weapons thereof. Is that
1: question been answered now? Oh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers continues to make players who shouldn't be anywhere near an NFL lineup look like superstars. I mean, I'm not saying that about Bobby Tom Tonyan, who had obviously an, an incredible big big, Bob Tonyon, what a game. What a unbelievable game for, for, from 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 Tonian. Obviously, three touchdowns. Uh, by far and away, the best uh, game of his career. He's actually. He now he now has more touchdowns than the Giants organization's entire team. Well, that's that's an incredible stat, isn't it? Just goes to show one how well this offense has played, and then, two how poor this Giants team is. <laughs> you almost feel bad, but you have to oh, laugh. Absolutely, have to laugh. Uh, but but no, he he had a incredible game. But if you look at the, the players who were were there uh, on the field outside of of MVS and 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 there was really nobody of note that was on the field outside obviously Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams so, so to do what they do and put up that many yards and, and throw four touchdowns just goes to show that sort of obviously Rodgers can, can do what he wants yeah
0: no absolutely I mean you mentioned Aaron Jones there. I personally thought he was quite quiet last night uh, 40 receiving yards 71 rushing yards but only one touchdown
1: um, it, it seemed like the, the Falcons he had his number I mean, not for the touchdown, I mean, he couldn't have been more wide open. That was clearly, obviously, a complete busted coverage by, by the Falcons. They left him wide open. They both, uh, perhaps knowing something that, that we didn't, because it was early in the game, uh, both went to cover Tonya and left him in wide open. But outside that, they did sort of st- stime him fairly well. I mean, he's still obviously racking up well over 100 yards, uh, all-purpose all yards for, for, for the game. But obviously, he's such a superstar, you're almost expecting him to to sort of have a hundred receiving and hundred uh, on the ground. So yeah, no, he, he wasn't quite his, his usual self, but still a reasonable performance.
0: Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a particularly bad uh, performance from anyone. I mean, it's it's just like a, it just proves that what we said the last couple of weeks. It is more of a team effort this year than it was uh, last year. I think we're without Adams across this year and and last year already. We're eight and in wins. So it shows that there is definitely potential spread further around than just the superstar wide receiver. Um, MVS, though, he has buttery hands. 50% of his targets last night were dropped.
1: Is that like an ongoing problem, do you think, or can that be worked on? It just seems a bit about what you get with with MVS. It's plagued him now for for the best part of two seasons when he's been on the field. He seems to... You think he's turning a corner, he'll look particularly good, he'll make a couple of key catches, and then he seems to let him down if it's a slightly just by, by dropping the ball. He clearly still retains Rogers' trust. And I think at the moment, even if he didn't have Rogers' trust, that because there's that little else on the outside opposite him, he's probably still going to get the ball thrown his way. But, um, yeah, if he could just clean that up a little bit and just catch a few more balls, you think well, where this offence could get to, really.
0: Yeah, and no, I mean, it, it's, it's quite terrifying to think that we're not even at full strength and yet we're still... Dominating, uh, dominating every single quarter in every single game. Even though in a couple of games we've already been we've been down, I would argue that the offense is still dominating other offenses. Um, so our scores for last week, I put down 42-29, You put down forty two thirty. We're both wrong, quite by quite some distance, thirty to sixteen. Do you think that was more
1: uh, more fair reflection of the game than we thought it might have been? Um, I, as I say, I mean, I would. I was very surprised that the the D didn't. Uh, that give up more yards and, and more points. Uh, ultimately, as I expect it to be a bit more of a shootout. I think that the Packers they were cruising late in, in the fourth quarter. I don't think they they went into fourth or fifth gear because they they knew the game was in hand at that point. So so I don't doubt, given the way that they were playing in the first half, that they could have gone on and scored more points if they absolutely needed to. But it seemed like they they sort of took their foot off the gas a little bit uh, late on. So so. I think that's why the score stayed down, just because the D sort of kept the it kept a very respectable score on
0: their end. Yeah, so it must be a nice change for them to not have to blow a lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah, absolutely can't blow a lead if you don't have a lead. So, so <laughs> <I just laughs> pretty
1: much led Y to Y, which is always nice.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I was busy last night. I was uh, I was doing the live tweet and I was uh, I was suffering for it quite a lot. I dropped my bag of Christmas at one point. I thought my wife was going to kill me for didn't get it cleaned up.
1: Um, I don't know if you watched. I'm assuming you watched at least the highlights. Uh, this today. At yeah. Some point. So, so I, I jumped on and watched the, the sort of 40 minute uh, highlights on on Game Pass this morning um, and sort of caught up because I woke up sort of midway through the third quarter and watched until till the end of the game and then sort of you didn't miss a great deal. Uh, yeah. So sort of, yeah, what <laughs> caught up that the bit that I missed um, sort of prior to that. But um, yeah, I thought it was a good game on the whole, and I thought that obviously we'd spoken about it, the potential banana skin it could have been, and I was particularly nervous going into the game when I saw that sort of Kenny Clark and Devontae Adams weren't going to potentially make it so it's certainly uh, good that they managed to get the win obviously going to the bye and start getting a bit healthy because they are a bit banged up at the moment as we've spoken about so yeah it's certainly nice before now
0: Who are we still missing on the the defence that could potentially improve that like injury-wise?
1: Because I, I, it still feels a little bit suspect to me. There's no doubt that the, the D is, I mean, one reasonable performance. Obviously, I'm not saying it's the best D defense of all time. There's no legion of boom, that's for sure. But it, it obviously, it was slightly improved. But it's obviously, they, they do have, apparently, they've got a meeting with, with Damon Harrison Snacks um, on, on Wednesday. He's coming in for a free agent visit. And he's a formidable run stuff, stuffer at the middle, which... As anyone who watched the NFC Championship game last season will, will, will attest to, this Packers team has is, is consistently struggled to, to the, stop the run. So having someone of his ability to come in could, could really sort of change this, this defense. With with Kenny Clark potentially coming back as well, they're already fairly strong on, on the, the D line uh, in terms of pass rush and the corners in, in King and, and Jair both looking pretty reasonable. So that small addition could really Make a massive change to this defence. I don't want to get too excited because I know that he's uh due, he's scheduled to meet with the Seahawks uh today, and that would be a real kick in the teeth if they were to steal him uh away from us because it could make a massive difference to this day.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, with all the, the injuries we have across the, the board completely, I mean like having that extra strong, formidable uh dealer, um sorry, defensive play would, would be like a, not quite a game changer, but it'd certainly be putting it right up there. Um, so obviously, having a buy next week, I don't think it could have came at a better time for us. Give give the players enough
1: time to heal, get the new guy in. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, I'm never a f- massive fan of early bye which just because you then also you've got a lot of games to to go for for, for your season. Obviously, you've got another uh, <laughs> what, 12 straight games that you've got to play off the back of that. But it does seem for this particular team that, that we do have we're pretty banged up. So it, it could well come at the perfect time just to get as many guys back on, on, on the field. Um, and also, obviously, be interesting you've got a, a huge game after the bye against the Bucs to, to try and get as, as healthy as possible because that's another game that could have huge playoff seeding implications come the, the back end of the season.
0: Yeah, well, it's the, the Bucks have got um, divisional rivals for us, the, the Bears, and then we follow the week after. Um, after our bye week. So, I mean, that, that could be... I think watching the, the Bears game next week for the Bucks could be very, very interesting for us to see who and what isn't coming back because they currently have Godwin out and
1: uh, uh, I think Fournette's out yeah. as well. So, hopefully, they're, they're still out by the time we... O.J. was out for the season now as well. He, he tore his Achilles on, on the weekend when they beat the Chargers. But, um, no, that, that bears Bears Bucks game on Thursday night this week it's an interesting one because I'm not really sure who I want to win. Obviously, from a, a divisional <laughs> perspective um you'd normally always want the bears to to lose, of course, but i, I really don't think that they're a threat um uh, having watched an off- too much of their games because they're they're very dull to watch i, I don't see them having the long term stability to, to to sort of really sort of test this pack aside in the division, whereas the bucks obviously lost week one, but they do look like they've started to turn a corner with three straight wins. Uh, and so, any losses that they can pick up is probably going to be a good thing down the bo- sort of the back end of the season.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. The uh, I mean, so since since I were talking about Bears, anyway, we don't have a, an opponent next week, obviously. So we'll just do a quick NFC North watch. Yeah, might absolutely. as well. I feel out mm-hmm. the time. You know what I mean? Um, so just just rolling through the scores quickly. Obviously, Green Bay four and zero Bears, the luckiest three and one team in the known universe. Detroit is one and three, and Minnesota finally got a win this week as well. Um, there's a lot going on in the, the division this year,
1: this uh, this week. Yeah, so. obviously Vikings managed to, to beat the, the Texans team and put paid to to, to Bill, Bill O'Brien, but um, we are going to talk a lot about Bill O'Brien. I'm in sure a few we minutes. will. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, obviously that they managed to, to get off the schneid and it'll be interesting to see how they they go this week. They've got Seattle uh, up at St. Link on, on uh, Sunday night football, which again from a, a playoff seeding. Uh, angle is another one where you're not really sure who who you want to win because obviously Seattle remain undefeated four and as with as the Packers, so it would be nice for them to uh, to get a loss in, in in the L column. But again, it, do you want the Vikings to to start getting ahead of steam? So it's uh, yeah, a bit of a conundrum this week with the two of the games. I think we want that game to go the same way as the Eagles
0: Bengals. Yeah, a nice tie. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we also had the the Lions getting beat by the Saints. Now the, the Lions are going into a bye week as well, and then they face the Jags. How do you think their next couple of weeks? Of play yeah, now? I mean,
1: if if I was a, the Lions, I, I would be seriously considering getting rid of Matt Patricia at this point in time. They've now blown six straight games in which they've held a double di- digit lead. So they actually, obviously, they have got one win this season, but they never held a double digit lead. Clearly, because they actually managed to hold on to it, but it's, it's the <laughs> the most in NFL history for blown double digits leads. Of course, because six straight games is absurd to blow that many leads. They were actually up fourteen nothing against the Saints early doors, uh, and then they the thirty-five straight points to, to let the Saints. Yeah,
0: that's that's up there with. Uh... With the, I think it was the Eagles against Washington the first week, where the Eagles put up like 17 points and Washington came back and just absolutely slapped themselves. senseless.
1: Yeah, the boys weren't anything about that. Was it was Washington? At <laughs> least New Orleans are a reasonable side. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, know, you you have to be, feel bad for the people in Philadelphia, but again, it's one
0: of those things. It's a bit like the Giants, where you just can't absolutely. help but laugh. You know, it's a lot of fun being a Packers fan right now. Um, the Bears lost to the Colts last week. The Colts have got a very strong D at the minute, I think, and with Philip Rivers. Is he an upgrade over over last season? Was yeah, Brissett Brissett last year?
1: I think he is an upgrade. Uh, I don't think it's a, a huge upgrade, uh, to be honest with you, but I think it is certainly a, a slight step up. At the moment, I think the Colts are winning in spite of, uh, of Rivers. If you look at his box score, at least, he's not doing an awful lot in each game uh, outside of, sort of keeping it relatively clean uh, from a turnover angle. So, that They've got a very, very good defence. Um, both their offensive and defensive lines are both very, very strong. Uh, and that's how they're to win a game. So, not necessarily the most pretty, but uh, they're getting the job done. And obviously, it would be interesting to see how they, they go on because the Packers do play them later on in the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we need to give uh, Nick Foles... Uh, sorry, Mitch uh, Trubisky, uh, a bit more credit than he deserves this here. But obviously, the Bears went through. You oh while he was a starting quarterback, Nick Foles comes in and they lose again. I mean, I'm happy,
1: more than happy for the, the Bears to go to, to back to Mitch Trubisky <laughs> um, if they want to. Nick <laughs> Foles obviously didn't have the performance that he did off against the, the Falcons when he came off the bench. He found it obviously all, all the more difficult. Seems like the Bears are incapable of getting a run game going. Um, obviously, they traded away Jordan Howard a few seasons ago and they've never really had a run game since. So, it is all on his shoulders when it comes to it from an offensive standpoint and at the moment he's still very new to that system you do wonder if they might flip-flop back to to Mitch sort of as the season wears on
0: yeah i think that's probably going to be the the ongoing rumble for the for the the bears completely because like who's is it a case of lesser of two evils like they paid Nick Foles all this money and it's cost him a lot and i think they had to give the the, the jaguars got the drag, um, draft picks for next season as well but at the same time, Mitch Trubisky
1: got him three wins. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's going to be one of those where it's a battle of sort of head versus heart, it seems, for the, for the uh, Chicago organisation. They're going to be constantly torn because obviously they invested so much capital in trading up to, to draft Trubisky. And then, obviously, Foles, they also traded away some picks and paid him a lot of money. So it's, it's a bit of a disaster situation, but uh, I'm all, I'm here, all here for it. Who is it that's
0: do, that's like reading the numbers to do the quarterback picking in Chicago, is it uh Stevie Wonder or someone? You, you can not actually see the numbers he should be looking at. You can't
1: see the players in front of him. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, along may they their reign continue. Obviously <laughs> picking quarterback last <players> <laughs> season. Foles was very average when he played. Obviously got injured very early on for the Jags, but when he came back from that injury he looked pretty pretty average. So to get
0: he looks, I, I thought he looked. Spent. I think so. I think he obviously left.
1: he was playing on a on a losing team, sort of go, going nowhere. But yeah, he did didn't look like he was sort of at it. So to to think that he was worth all that money and then a fourth round draft pick just shows how much they they, they really truly really thought of, of Trubisky.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, well, I mean, Trubisky was supposed to be the the great thing, do you know. What I mean, he was drafted ahead of Mahomes and Watson. So, but I mean, does that really mean anything now? Because Look at what's happened. Chim- like Mahomes just sitting there, like killing it, like with his uh his half a billion dollar contract, and not even selling his ass a bit on the back of that. But then Trubisky can't
1: like finish a game. Yeah, it just goes to show you how important that those draft decisions are. Ultimately speaking, um, they can completely change the fortunes of your franchise for for sort of decades. You had the the Bears taken Mahomes. You wonder where where they would have been at this stage. I'm glad they didn't <laughs> for obvious reasons. But but um, yeah, yeah, definitely going to haunt them for, for a very, very long time because he's someone else. So you, you mentioned, uh, I mean, I go,
0: um, the Lions looking to, well, should really be getting rid of Matt Patricia, but how do you think he's still got a job? Is it because of the, the reputation he had while, the, sorry, that he developed while he was at the, the Patriots under Bill Belichick and that sort of like colouring his, uh, his current ability? Or is it just because he has some sort of like blackmail? I against think it's own? the latter at this
1: point. I, 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 <laughs> I, I don't understand at this stage what he offers. We've like if I was a Lions fan, I would say we've seen enough of the the Matt Patricia Lions. They, he's taken a team who uh, under sort of Jim Caldwell, sort of scooting around the playoffs each year, nine and seven for two consecutive years, and he's moved them backwards. Uh, they were. Uh, Sort of borderline playoff, maybe win a division if they get a sort of lucky team. And now they're they're miles away. They're they're in that lower sort of bottom quarter of the the league. So yeah, I, I think we've seen enough from Patricia. I think he must have some some deal on the Fords because that's the only way that surely they're keeping around.
0: Yeah, like they've definitely regressed. Like they they've gone back to sort of like mid nineties Detroit where they were like, well without putting it too bluntly, they were absolute dog shit for a good few years there. Um, I, don't, I think that's probably enough about the NFC North because I'm just too excited that we're four and and everyone yeah, else is
1: like in the I, bin. I mean, the, the l- let's be fair that the division is garbage outside of the Packers. If if we if, <laughs> if, just bill, James, if we, we don't fine, win you know? this division, barring injury from A-Rod I will be very very surprised, and I would be willing to wager an awful lot of money, barring injury, that we win this division. <laughs> Put the whole house
0: <laughs> on winning the division this year. Um right, let's have a broader look at the NFL, shall we? Like the, I think the biggest news of the day has to be the 49ers release Mahams. Yeah, State. he's not
1: not had a lot of luck at the moment, has he? Obviously left at Atlanta. Bill Belichick sends up a t- second round pick sort of to become Tom Brady's top target. That never materialises, gets hurt, gets cut by New England, gets given a lifeline by um <laughs> Shanahan and, and then a few weeks later he's been cut once more so it looks as though he might be coming to, to, to the end of time with, with Mohamed Sanu in the NFL just because usually speaking once a, once a player gets cut a couple of times it's three organisations in less than a year that he's been on you think it's probably probably time.
0: Yes yeah, so it's one of those situations where if the whole whole world smells like shit yeah. take your shoe do you know what I mean like. But I think in, in this particular case, he's been released not because he's, he's not performed. Uh, I don't really think he's had much of a chance to perform, but I think uh, I, I read some of the Debo Samuels back, so that's probably had his like, days numbered for him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think he's a bad player. I don't
1: think he's just like fell off a cliff. I just don't think there's space for him in, in the, the roster. Yeah, range. I mean, just having a look at his stats so far this season, he's he's played in three games for the 49ers, one. One catch for nine yards. So it's not not been a. Uh, I don't think they'll be sort of uh, retiring his jersey anytime in San Francisco. God,
0: those are Gary Swan numbers. I'm, uh... <laughs> uh, right. So, so moving on from that, that poor unfortunate thing, the second most important story of the whole week, I think, is that the Cowboys were destroyed by the Browns. That was a funny. Yeah, funny absolutely.
1: Game. I mean,. I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Browns. I'm not going to lie. I think that any team that has been a sort of perpetual loser reminds me an awful lot of of my football team, Nottingham Forest, and I always have a bit of a soft spot for them. So, I've got a, I've always sort of hoped they do well and they can make the playoffs. So, so when I saw them jump out to that huge lead, I thought, oh, here we go. Obviously, Cowboys almost brought it back, but then uh, OBJ did some 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 madness and, and ran round half the team to. to to score and put the game to bed,
0: yeah. Running back OBJ, you know, what I mean, it's just it's, it's unheard of. Running back OBJ, Michael Landry throwing a left handed, like, I think it's 50 yard uh pass to OBJ as well, actually, on, on the receiver. And all that uh, they put what 50 points up nearly, uh, and that was without Nick Chubb, who left in, in the first quarter. It's unbelievable yeah. from the Browns. I think that means that Baker's I probably decent. Again, I,
1: I don't know if they're doing it in spite of Baker, though. I mean, if you look at, if you look at his, his stats, <laughs> he's not actually sort of contributing that much to the yardage. Obviously, that part, as you mentioned, was thrown by Jarvis Landry. There was that other long touchdown run, as we mentioned, by Beckham. Um, and then Kareem Hunt did an awful lot. And then the backup running back, I can't remember his name, he came in and I think he had about sort of 90-odd yards. So it seems as though they are winning. Without him, which is obviously a nice position to be in, because uh, if Baker does up his game a little bit, they could be a really formidable, formidable side.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think I called Jarvis uh, Michael Jarvis there. I don't know where I got that from, but his name's a. Uh... It's not a Michael Jarvis isn't it. I called him Michael Landry. I'm very tired after last night. Jim. I do apologize. This is, this is a very <laughs> Alan moment from me here. <laughs> um, right, so I think you know. I think somewhere. We should we should move on to the. Like, I saw like a little footnote
1: that the the Texans have fired. Bill yes, O'Brien. well that's uh, a bit of a surprise. Everyone had all their money probably on uh, Adam GaSe to be to, to be the fo- Adam GaSe. Yeah, Adam, Adam Gase, GaSe must should be have gone all the way to the bank uh, with, with that dismissal because it, by all intents and purposes it assumed it must be GaSe that goes first and then and then Bill O'Brien as the GM must have sacked himself. Because... <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's got to be a weird conversation. Like, Bill, can I can I see you for a minute? Yeah, of course, Bill. What do you need? <laughs> <laughs> or was it just like an email from GM? Yeah, I mean,
1: I'd, I'd like to be a, a sort of fly on that wall. I mean, he's he's taken... He's the absolute Tsar in that building. He'd taken over, obviously, he was the, the coach, the general manager. He, this week, he was like, I'm going to call the plays. <laughs> I think that was a matter of hours before he yeah, was I'm surprised it was like, he wasn't driving you the out. bus and cooking the dinners. I don't, I don't know what... <laughs> 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 when you're doing that much for the squad, you've got to think that the bucks. There's no one to blame it on. You're doing everything. Uh,
0: well, I see. He's just walking around the stadium with a broom in his hand at the end of the game as well exactly. just to make sure it's nice I and mean, tight next week. Um, that's so I, value I, for money sorry, for,
1: for all
0: the jobs that he was doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know? I mean, you speak about value for money, but I read somewhere that they ha- that the Texans had the highest wage bill in all of the NFL, something like 287 million pound a year, which is shambolic considering the, the, the
1: uh, results they've had. Yeah, of the I mean, they're 0-4. They're uh, the, the Dolphins own their first-round picks for, for for this season and next season, so you've you got to think he has done a horrific job. I don't think you needed me to tell you that with some of the trades that he's done over the last couple of seasons, but not only has he sort of traded away talent over there, he, he's got a squad that, that isn't competitive. Who were a playoff side, so he's actually he's run them into the ground and they haven't got the draft capital to to improve anytime soon. So, he that could be a good few seasons. I mean, they know they've got Sean Watson, which always gives you a chance, but it could be a very long time until they're sort of genuine competitors for t- a title.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, they really should be up there again because I think it was what last year they were in the top eight, they really should be back there again. Um, it'll probably be hard for them to come back from this stage. Um, but I, I would probably put money on Deshaun Watson smashing out 400. Yeah, obviously, it's a nice
1: matchup. They've, they've been a bit unlucky in terms of of, of their scheduling so far this season. It's got to be the, the toughest opening four games of, of, of any one season. Out to take out the Vikings, they, they obviously played uh, initially the Chiefs, followed by the Ravens, followed by the Steelers, and then the Vikings. So it's one of the most daunting schedules you're probably ever likely to see. No, realistically, they should be 1-3 because they should have been the, the, yeah, the, the Vikings. in your building, that's a game you've got to win down oh and 3 But uh, that yeah. only cost him his job. <laughs> so
0: who, who do you think is going to be the the potential for the next Texans head coach? I don't know about the GM, that's like a different thing. I've got no interest in the GM, but the head coach. Um, I've seen Josh McDaniels, who I think is at like the Patriots. And I'm going to butcher his pronunciation here. Eric Bieniemy, who I think's the
1: offensive yes. coordinator for the Kansas I mean, so Eric Bieniemy's been talked up for for quite some time now, and I'm very surprised that he didn't get a head coaching job in this last uh, this off season. Uh, given obviously how potent that Chiefs offense has been for uh, some time now, you'd think that people would be queuing up outside the door, around the corner, and on the next two blocks to to sort of have a, that sort of offensive mind in the building. So you it does seem like a match made in heaven to have him alongside Sean Watson, who's obviously another electric quarterback, uh, as we discussed earlier, uh, to the, much of the Bears dismay. So, I, I think that the has got to be a name that's on that list. You, I probably think you want an offensive coach just because you've got that talent in, in Watson.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you, you need someone who's, who's going to drive the game forward and work with Watson, similar to uh, Rodgers and Matt LaFleur where Matt LaFleur seems to be the plays around uh, Rodgers' strengths so they need so they need someone in but does if it is BNME does he move in the middle of a season when Kansas City are probably going to head to uh, if not the championship game then at least uh, the Yeah I mean football? it's
1: very rare that you see coaches move mid-season uh, in, in the NFL so I'd be pretty shocked if, if that was the case that's one of the reasons why mid-season coach firings particularly this early in the season are pretty rare just because it's pretty hard to actually get someone in it's more than likely they'll get a sort of, it'll be one of the, the coaches already on the staff or they'll get somebody who's currently not working to come in as the, a as the caretaker just till, till the end of the season. I think that's why most teams usually tend to wait until at least the back half of the season before making any sort of firing decisions. But yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised if the enemy sort of tossed up a chance of potentially winning another Super Bowl and getting another ring to, to go mid-season.
0: I reckon that probably means that Adam Gase will be out in the next couple of weeks and uh, Bill O'Brien will find himself back in a job with four too long Cause, but I mean without all that what what sort of head coach that isn't
1: uh, an experienced head coach is going to take a team on that doesn't yeah, have I a first round pick I you'd be spr- I mean there's only 32 of these jobs in the world uh, and this is the the pinnacle for, for any coach uh, ultimately if they're, in, they're working in the league whether or not they're currently a coordinator they don't come around obviously you tend to get sort of eight or so sackings each year or so but people tend to be in them an awful lot longer than than football managers so I think it's very much if a job comes up and you get offered a job it's very rare that that, that those are turned down just because you're you're usually given a fair amount of rope to turn things around. Yeah
0: no I mean I suppose that that makes more sense yeah it kind of makes more sense with the like in, in football, like money is everything. So like, if you if you have a bad season, you lose out on uh, on uh, continental competitions and stuff like that. So if you're not making money for the team, then you you have to go quick order, try and turn it around, and see who's next in a league without any relegation or anything like that. Then it's it must be a lot easier to keep your job and try and yeah, build a absolutely. project. And it's for a couple it's of years. funny how you
1: see the various head coaches sort of sell projects to, to to the the organization. Often times, if they're struggling, they'll draft a quarterback and they'll say, "Well, I need to now you know." bed him in, teach him, and that will give them an extra two, three seasons because they're not really expected to win. So you do tend to see that the coaches last a lot longer than, than they do in, in football terms, that's for sure.
0: So does that I mean that Adam Gates is staying in... Uh, he's
1: gonna get <laughs> if another he gets another year of three Then the Jets, <laughs> they clearly don't want to win it ever again.
0: <laughs> I think they they haven't had a good season since Jordan. They <laughs> no, Magic out in 2015, them. he took them almost to the playoffs. Of course they did. He's, he's some boy that I, I love him a bit. I, mean, I can't, I can't go over myself with him.
1: Um, right, moving on then, uh, we'll go with the MVP well, of the week. There's only you, one name at. I think that we can realistically have on this, and that's that's Big Bobby Tony. I don't think that uh, it, 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 he currently big, leads big the Bob league in, in touchdown receptions. Uh, he's tied with, with Mike Evans uh, for a guy who's an undrafted free agent who no one had ever heard of up till last season to come out of nowhere and now lead the league i know it's only after four weeks but it just goes to show obviously what a what a step up so yeah he he gets my my mvp for this week that's for sure
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm in complete agreement with that i mean he had like a blinding game last night uh just a couple of stats for you yeah in his rookie year he had four catches for 77 yards last year 10 catches for 100 yards and then this year, so far, already after four games, six catches, 98 yards. Um, like the, the commentators last night were saying he's, he's really good friends with George Kittle. Uh, they share an agent. They spend time in the off-season, tra- uh, off-season training together. Do you think that the skill set and work ethic that Kittle has as arguably the best tight uh, end in the, in the, the oh, league? I really hope up for
1: so. Big... Because if he can be half as good as George Kittle, we've we found ourselves <laughs> an absolute dream. Because George Kittle, I, mean, I don't know if you saw any... Much of the highlights from from their get, game against the the Eagles, but I think he he caught 15 passes, which would have, would be a franchise record for the Packers if he was to do that. <laughs> uh, and he caught every single one of the the balls thrown his way, all 15. So he's just phenomenal, um, a truly tr- tr- great player.
0: Yeah, he's he's an absolute beast. He, but he's the the only downside I can see is that George Kittle has. Suggested maybe to
1: big dick Bob Tonyan to have a <laughs> little man bun. I mean, if he, if he keeps scoring touchdowns, he can have whatever hairstyle he wants. I mean, he's, he's on course <laughs> at the moment for, for 20 touchdowns. So if he can get, gets to 20, then, then he can have the man bun. All
0: right, I'll, I'll let that one happen. Then. I'll let that one happen. Uh, right, so obviously we've done MVP, so let's
1: have a talk about Mr. Irrelevant. So ball. I went with all the bobs th- th- this week. So, so as we've discussed at length, Bill <laughs> O'Brien has got to be. Uh, th- this week just because of, of the aforementioned. He had every single job. He, he Not only did he pick the players, he coached the players and ultimately he took them to f- own 4 and has lost his job. So he is my mine this week.
0: No, that's fair. Um, I've actually gone for a joint award this week. Uh, my first one is Bill O'Brien as the former general manager of the Texans. The we discussed his poor trading, like getting rid, of like letting Hopkins go for an absolute song. The Dolphins having their first two picks is just like he should have been gone, or he should, he should have at least like divided his labour. Do you know what I mean? Like be head coach or be general manager. He's not, mm. he's not the Belichick he thinks he is, you know. And he's uh he's sharing the award with former head coach of the Houston Texans, Bill O'Brien, actually. So because this poor O line to protect Watson, piss poor coaching and generally firing himself. So I think he's got the joint award because he's having yeah, two jobs during the week. Totally deserved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Is there anything that we've missed? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. We haven't really spoke about many of the other games through the week, but then none of them really jumped out for me. Um, I think the Chargers' bucks. Yeah. Him. Herbert's looking good. Herbert's looking very good. I like the way he's playing. He looks like he's been in the He's, he's in really the lot, like, four, four I was years already. Talking
1: on the the main first and ten podcast a couple of weeks ago after his first start against the the Chiefs. And we were talking about whether or not he should be the starter for the rest of the season or, or should Tyrod come back. And I was making the point that I think that they would be absurd at this point after just that one game based on how well he played and how good he looked so to turn back at this stage. I think that for any rookie, you want them to bed in and get as much game time as possible just because there's only 16 weeks, uh, ultimately speaking, that they need as much time to develop as possible. Now, he seems to be developing at an exceptional rate going toe-to-toe with one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game uh, and, and almost, had it not been for, for a, a fumble that was sort of late in the first half, you do wonder if they might have actually come out with, with the win. So, no, he's, he's really looking very good after three games.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd I, I... Could barely find forward him. Obviously, he's going to make uh, mistakes as a rookie, but like the, he's shown a lot of maturity in a very short space of time. I think yeah, he's, and outside, I think he's Keene, one to watch for the future. And
1: the guys he was throwing the ball to were absolutely no no names, like similar to Rogers in the sense that the people he's got thrown to receive the ball are just absolutely no hopers, really. So to be doing that as a rookie with with players that no one's ever heard of, no, he's doing exceptionally well. Yeah, I mean, he's just, I, I think
0: he's like, a couple of years down the line to get triggered to a better team and just like skyrocket. Um, the Eagles finally won, but it was against the 49ers' Z team. Uh, it was 25-20. It wasn't a great game again, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, that, know, that puts the Eagles, Eagles in first place in the, in
0: the NFC least. So,
1: it, it's... Oh, that, it is... that division is just absolutely toilet.
0: I I genuinely don't believe they should have... No, I mean,
1: I've always said that I think that to make the playoffs, you should always at least have to have above a 0.500 record. Otherwise, I think you should forfeit that place to a team with a record above 0.500 because it's just not not fair for those teams that are much, much better than you.
0: Get Roger Goodell on the phone. Pitch that idea to him. Get the best teams in. Well, like, it shouldn't be like just the top one of the shitty division getting spanked and knocked out. in the first game. It's, a waste of, it's a waste of a game. A waste of a game. Yeah, uh, Thursday night last week, Broncos Jets. The Jets couldn't beat a knack at old Broncos. Like genuinely, if that Broncos team was an actual horse, they'd have been sent to the glue factory. By yeah, and they still managed to, to, to beat the team, Jets, we just just to,
1: to show you if if they're going oh, no. to be turned into glue, what then? Or, uh, for the Jets, but. Uh... Not even spare parts, are they?
0: <laughs> no, well, that's it. like the, the, have you seen that uh that knack of Jumbo Jet, like sort of graveyard in yeah, California? Pass, yeah. That's where the Jets need to be. Within within five years, they'll be retired in that graveyard, and that'll be it. end end of the franchise. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Nothing really, nothing else really stood out. Oh, the Rams and the yeah, Jackson's I thought game, that that, that a game
1: and the, the Seattle Dolphins game were, were both much closer than, than we would have probably. Anticipated, obviously Seattle scored late, which made the score look a bit more, uh, more, yeah. Th- th- but it actually was very late going into, more into the fourth quarter. So it'll be interesting to see how they they've obviously they got Minnesota th- this week. Um, and as as mentioned earlier, a bit of a torn of which way I'd like that one ideally to go. But it will be interesting to see if um if Minnesota can give them a game and if if it or it was just a, a blip really.
0: Yeah, I mean, like the and the way that the the Rams played against the Bills last week, I genuinely I thought that that was going to be a blowout as well, Maybe like thirty five three or something. Do you know what I mean? It was, but it was it just wasn't a great. It's like, yeah. it's like the MetLife stadiums uh, where football mean, goes to die.
1: You, you thought the Rams would absolutely hump hump them, uh, ultimately. I mean, the we, the Niners with about two players fit managed to managed to beat them, so it was very surprising <laughs> that the Rams were came up. Well, they they got over the line, but but just about over the, over, the, over the Giants.
0: Yeah, um yeah, I you know I have nothing else to say for the rest of for the rest of the because the rest of the league is just a bit of an on event this week. It, uh, the only thing we need to really talk about is
1: the Titans, but I've done I completely forgot about them because they didn't play the I mean, Titans. Obviously that was, the that was a big talking point coming into to, to this week with, with that postponement and then having them both having to have an early bye. Whether I can keep my fingers and toes crossed that this is the, the end of COVID postponements, but it seems inevitable that something like this is going to happen again, obviously, with the Patriots and Chiefs game also getting moved because of COVID. They did manage to get the game played last night with the Chiefs obviously coming out on on top, but but the Titans' situation was much more bleak. I think it was 16 players and coaches in all tested positive, and it was a true outbreak as opposed to just just the, the starting quarterback. But they have now had two straight days of, of no more positive tests. So, hopefully, we're getting to the end of that. And, and they have actually now opened the facility once again for the Titans.
0: Yeah, that's that's good news. But just just quickly touching on the Patriots, because I think we've mentioned them maybe like twice in the last 45 minutes or whatever it's been. Uh, how yeah. dogshit are the backup QBs? Jesus Christ! Like the kind of the whole job is to throw the ball. And they kind of even quite manage that. It's
1: a picture into what this season would have been like for, for the, the New England Patriots if Cam Newton hadn't somehow, by some black Bill Belichick magic, ended up in, in, in Foxborough because <laughs> <laughs> these guys, obviously Jared Stidham, is Jared Stidham. He's not really ever proven why he was drafted as high as he was by the, the Patriots, and Brian Hoyer, the Destroyer of your dreams <laughs> if you've if you got him on your team because he, he's just not good <laughs> enough. He's a, he's a career backup for a reason. So, yeah, it just goes to show how bleak their season would have been had they have not brought Cam in. Do you think with it being
0: uh, Belichick's black magic to bring in... Well, I don't know what you did there, but that, that was right in my ears. Uh, so, do you think with, uh, with Belichick bringing in Cam Newton as part of his black magic thing. he Then bringing in this COVID, do no, you think I he's think still trying to go they, for the Lawrence once, next year? As
1: soon as Cam Newton's back, I think that they will make a play for, for the playoffs. I think that they're likely, I think that the Bills will probably win that division, but I think they'll still probably manage to sneak in with either the sixth or the seventh wild card spot. That's a, that's a pretty bold shout, pretty bold shout. Uh,
0: all right, so obviously next week, we don't have a game to talk about. Uh, we'll obviously be previewing the Bucs game. Um, I think we're going to try and look at getting a like a sort of, yeah. A I think it'll be
1: good to get a few, a d- we few different voices on um, to hear how they think that the season's gone off the quarter pole. They can give us yeah, absolutely. yeah, because we <laughs> can't have nightmares. Can so so we, yeah, we, I mean, the get busy, a few so. a few guys on to talk about how their teams are doing, <laughs> how they see the rest of the season going, and we'll see their MVP, their predictions for for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that'd be quite good. So. Um...
0: All right, with that, I think we've done, we've talked enough rubbish for about 45 minutes or so. Uh, all right, so you can follow us if you are still listening. You can follow us on Twitter at shufflepack or you can email the podcast uh, uh, shuffle the pack Pod at gmail.com. I always forget that. I think I got it right this week. Uh, no, but yeah, if anyone's change, got any questions, that that want to say they want us to, anyway.
1: to go over in, in sort of coming weeks, do just drop us a line on on, on Twitter or send us an email, as you say. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll be back next week previewing the, the big clash Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, and taking some there.
0: Yeah, and obviously, if anybody does want to sponsor the podcast or just, you know, send us some money just for fun, we are more go than happy go. to accept. Uh, on that note, go pack, go.